Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. With a little bit of boxing, it's a big week for boxing, ladies and gentlemen. We got a Canelo Triple G fight, which in recent memory is my favorite non-heavyweight matchup that we've had in, in, in a while. Uh, we have a uh, UFC fight night from the Apex. We have Sandhagen and Song Yedong getting in there. And I'm joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling on this beautiful Friday afternoon? Beautiful indeed. It is raining and dreary all day today. We love that. But just another day in, in Florida. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for Canelo to finally put this trilogy to bed and maybe put Triple G to bed. Talk him in, maybe say him a good night, good night story. Um, he's an old man. Uh, yeah, he's he's an, he's an old bastard. Uh, I'm kind of excited for the a couple of these fights on the uh, UFC card. I mean, it's you know relatively di- you know uninteresting to the to the common folk, but uh, you know we love watching Luma Luke Bunami get in there. We love uh, you know Luis Koshki. Trevin Giles, that's that's a good one. Um, we got a couple Philly boys too, so we're looking to represent our locals and get shit done. Hell yeah! And that's what that this is the time of the show where we pull up Tapology and we start getting we start getting this going. Uh, Tapology's already pulled up, by the way. We don't we don't waste any time. We we got we, we go right into it. I mean, we're prepared. We're not just you know. Listen, this is the first. One where I've actually done some extensive research going into it. Uh, I, I usually don't like to do this because I get too worked up and get too uh, invested in one way or the other. And I truly do believe that UFC and MMA is so fickle that it doesn't. It's you really you shouldn't overthink it uh, because it just kind of it can quickly go one way or the other. But today I am prepared. I have of the fourteen. I guess there were fourteen. Now thirteen. I have twelve plays. Wow, twelve plays ready to go, and I can be convinced one way or the other. You know, you guys know how I roll. I don't let uh, anything dictate where I'm going to go on any of these. So let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Corey Sanhagen, Song Yedong, one thirty-five, five rounds. Uh, this is a number four versus number ten matchup. At least it was the other day. Uh, yeah, it still is that way. Number four versus number ten at the bantamweight uh, weight class. I think Sanhagen is probably. Uh, one, maybe two max from getting another title shot, depending on who the... I actually don't even think it matters. He could run it back with anyone uh, up at that top. Uh, you know, I mean, Sterling kind of took care of him pretty early. lost to Peter Yan and... Uh, right? Yeah, he lost to Peter yep. Yan And he lost to Dillashaw. Am I... Yeah. Right? Close fight. But I, th- I think he probably lost that, too. And They were all close. I that... mean, other than the uh, Sterling fight, they were pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, he's fought he's fought really great competition, but if you look at Song Yedong, Song Yedong has also fought some pretty good competition. You know, he knocked out Marais in the first. He had a tough fight with Casey Kenny. He beat Cheeto Vera. Barely. Tough- I, I, I truly do believe he didn't, but... Uh, yeah, and the Cody Stamen fight was, should, should have probably been a loss. Um, the Kyler Phillips fight was close. He's still young, you know? Oh, no doubt. Um, I don't know if his age is true, but he is young. Uh, but he's still, you know, he's getting better and better. The Arce fight, you know, you really wanted him to go out there and get the 
get the job done early. He did. Same thing with Marlon Moraes fighting with, you know, fighting a uh, pretty much wash opponent. Shout out to Marlon Moraes for inking a deal with the PFL. Yeah. Um, he's going to be fighting at 145, I guess, because they don't have a 135 division. So good luck there, Marlon. Um, and he, he got him out of there in like two minutes, that uppercut. It was nasty. Uh, I just think he's, um, I, I just think he's outgunned everywhere. I think Corey's got more volume. I think he's bigger. He's he's got the more dynamic striking, um, probably a better gas tank. Song comes forward a little bit, but he kind just you know kind of comes forward blindly. You know, uh, eats a lot of shots. I like Corey here. I think Corey can possibly get the sub. Um, not sure what that play would be. But I think he could get that done. I think he get him out of there inside the distance. Um, I mean, he they, they both land a lot of strikes and they both eat a lot of strikes. You know, and they're very similar in that way. But um, and they don't really go for the grappling. Like Corey, I think Corey's very able. I just don't think he goes for it. You know, yeah. he'd rather keep his distance. Um, sometimes he he eats some shots too. I mean, you know, Piotr Jan gave him a lot of work. T.J. Dillashaw gave him a lot of work uh, back when he fought John Lineker. He gave him a lot of work, so you know he can eat shots too. You know, don't be mistaken. Uh, but he's five eleven, I think, got a four inch reach. I think he gets it done here. Uh, I would, I, I guess, inside the distance. I think he might get a might get a sub here. I know he doesn't really. I don't know if he has a sub. Does he has an since the armbar of Mario Bautista? Um, I might go for the the play on that. Let's see what this is. Plus nine hundred is what I'm seeing on here. As high as plus a thousand. I like that. Thirteen hundred like, uh, on uh, Bet Rivers. I know you like Bet Rivers. Yeah, Philip Rivers. Um, a song been subbed. I know he has. He had a couple losses um, before he got to the UFC, but it just says that just says loss. Groin kicks. That's a that's, that's a way to lose a fight. Um, he got rear naked choked in a uh, grappling tournament. So I was there. I was there for that. Uh, really? Give me Corey. Give me Corey. Give me Corey in late fourth, fifth, maybe. Okay. Third. And you're going sub, or are you going inside the distance? I'm going to go inside the distance. All right. Uh, I am going inside the distance as well. I I just think, like you said, basically everything you just said, I think the striking is more dynamic. I think the length will be a problem. I think Sanhagen's uh, experience in these long five-round fights will pay off. Uh, Song Yudong has not necessarily been in a long fight. Uh, I know he's gone three rounds, but uh, you know it's a whole different animal when you're going five. And if uh, Sandhagen can drag this out, start to uh, really add up the damage, and I think leg kicks will be a thing. And I don't see this really uh, unless it's like a club and sub sort of situation, or unless Sandhagen starts to get chipped up and, and dives in on a takedown where he gets his neck caught. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I just kind of see San or uh, Song Yudong wilting at some point in this fight. And Sanhagen getting it done. I, I definitely could see it going the distance, but I, I just I, I have to take a leaning here. I don't like decision plus one twenty. That's not a good number. Give me inside the distance, and we are getting that at plus two fifty. So there we go. I like that number. All right. So what is next? We got Robocop. I know this is one of your favorite fighters in the game. Chitty and Jukani. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang getting in there against Gregory Robocop Rodriguez. This is a really good fight. The odds are pretty close. I believe Njukani is a minus 125-130 favorite. Gregory Rodriguez is a plus 105 uh, as low as minus 104 underdog. So it is right down the middle. 
I'm going into Connie. Uh, I'll just tell you right, right now. I like Moneyline at minus 120. I don't know how he gets this done. I imagine it would be TKO, but I don't. I, I've, I looked at the TKO, and it wasn't enough for me to take the chance and jump out and say uh, plus 190. Yeah, but I could definitely see him, you know, I don't know. I guess I guess the, the, the TKO would be worth it, but, you know, I don't really like betting that. So I am going to go just straight up money line. Maybe he uh, points out, and Rodriguez is very durable. I just like the money line. So there you go. Yeah, uh, the only worry here I have is Rodriguez is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They're both black belts, but uh, Robocop's definitely the more accomplished grappler. Um, and before the Julian Marquez fight, he had multiple takedowns in three fights in a row uh, against Dusko, Junyun Park, and Petrosian. Um, so that kind of worries me. I think, you know, Chidi, we, we've seen like when he was um, grappling up with Dusko Todorovic, who is supposed to be a, a decorated Serbian grappler and wrestler. He got his. He got up both times. He got taken down, um, and then he delivered a just insane elbow off the clinch in the clinch, really. Um, so I mean, but both fights in the UFC have been short. You know, um, even the the contender series fight against Mario Sosa, who we we just saw recently, actually, uh, that went to the third round. But you know, he, he made quick work of him. Um, so we haven't really got a chance to see much, which is my only issue here. Um, I think the longer it goes, if probably favorites RoboCop, even though his his cardio has been in question before. Uh, He likes to leave his chin up in the air a lot. Julian Marquez, you know, he didn't hit him with much, but whenever he was able to connect, he he hit him clean. So you got to watch that. Chidi, he he takes a shot from Chidi, he's going down. So uh, I like Chidi. That's my boy. I'm going to go with him. I think he's going to get him out of there in the first. Hit him with like over. I think his boxing is way better. He throws throws good kicks, uh, good low kicks that RoboCop doesn't like to check. Per se, so I just have a the big issue with Gregory Rodriguez's defense as a whole. So, what is your official prediction? Yeah, give me Chidi inside the distance. Wow, I like that. Uh, I'm checking the number right now for you. I honestly uh, could by the end of the show could be sw- swung to that side because I just oh. like inside the distance is plus one seventy five on DraftKings, and that's the one you're getting. So. 175. Hey, he almost had a Darce choke in his last fight. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's just, you know, I think he could hold his own on the ground, and I think he could hurt RoboCop at a certain point and get him out of there. Uh, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines here. I'm changing my bet. I, I don't, You know what? Uh, I don't like taking them both. I'm taking them both. Wow. And inside the distance, plus 175. Bang, That's bang, the first bang. time I'm doing that in the history of this show where I'm taking both sides because I don't like getting burnt on both. But if you can make money on both, why not? Or if you can at uh, least minimize your loss uh, by winning some of it, you know. Oddly enough, RoboCop's inside the distance is plus 140 and Chidi is plus 175. Kind of interesting there. Yeah, I, I can imagine they just kind of are going. I don't know. Like it's it, the the RoboCop love. <clears throat> excuse me. Doesn't really make much sense to me, but. Like you said, he kind of le- like his defense is not great. The Cuban Missile Crisis was was in that fight for the first minute, <laughs> even though he kind of got put out. But that's the Cuban Missile Crisis. That Armin Petrosian was had him hurt pretty badly, and then uh, I believe RoboCop kind of came back towards the end, right? If I'm not mistaken, and then or it might have been the other way around, but it was a split decision that was very questionable. 
Uh, Robocop has all the makings of like the best fighter ever, but it's just something that's not ever going to be put listen, together. A loss to Jordan Williams on the Contender Series is something that still just pops yeah. up in my brain. So it happens. Shout out forget. to Ian Machado, Gary. By the way, <laughs> we'll give, we'll give him a shout out every show if we can. So shout out to the Machados. Yeah, shout out to the Machados. Hope they're doing well. Bill Algio, Andre Feely. Here's another one where we get some close odds. We got minus 130 for Andre Touchy Feely versus Bill Algio, who is a plus 102 underdog, plus 100 in some websites. Ty, what say you about this one? I think I like Andre Feely here. <coughs> I just, I have some, you know, you, he, his last fight, he got fucking absolutely smoked quick by Joe Anderson Brito. <laughs> but Brito's, I, I like Brito. I know you like Brito as well. We like Brito. He hurt us in our in our first uh, bet on him, but yeah, yeah. Who was that against again? Was that Algio. Algio, yeah. So, um, and the Pineda fight, I know, was no contest, but he was winning that up until that the eye poke. Bryce Mitchell. I mean, listen, you you know what you're getting with Bryce Mitchell. He's going to take you down multiple times. I think he got taken down seven times against Bryce Mitchell, but he stuffed six of them. So. Uh, remember, he took down Charles Jordan five times, took down Sadiq Yusuf three times, took down Michael Johnson two times, Dennis Bermudez four times, Artem, Artem, your boy Artem Lobov five times. Love Artem Lobov. Um, Beat so, Paul like, Malinaj, never forget it. He did. He, that was actually it was kind of an upset. I think me and my dad were watching that in a Walmart, I believe. Um, fun fact. In a Walmart? But, yeah, we were we were food shopping. What are you going to do, you know? Um, I was watching it on my phone in someone's backyard. Dude, like, what's go. this? I'm like, it's the, the greatest fighter of all times fighting. There you go, John Jones? Oh. Nope, Arno Lobov. <laughs> so, I don't know. I give, I give Algio a solid chance here. Um, was he bigger? Yeah, he is the bigger fella here. Um, coming off that win against Herbert Burns, he did get taken. He, he gets taken down almost every fight. Ricardo Hamos, eight times. Spike Carlisle, four. Ricardo Lamas, five. Brandon Lofton in three, so it's like, you know, I, I feel like Andre Feely is the is the better minute winner. I feel like he's the better round winner. I feel like he, you know, can do those things better than Bill Algio. So I'm going to go Andre Feely here uh, just by decision. I think, I mean, I, I think a finish could happen. I feel, you know, a, a weird scramble or something like that. Um, but I'd probably be inclined to go Andre Feely um Decision. I do think he could he could hurt him on the feet. I think he's got better striking, better hands. Kind of goes for it more. Throws some kicks. He's tough, man. They're both they're both tough. Yeah, so that's why I think this is a very very close fight. I just I give Andre Feely kind of the edge everywhere. Yeah, I don't think you. I think in the the Feely bet is definitely decision because it just seems like it's tough to get Bill Algio out of there. He kind of goes zombie mode if he's hurt at a certain point during the fight. I uh, like the fact that Algio's only losses are to high levels of competition, in theory. You know, Ricardo Hamos, not as much. Ricardo Lamas, Brendan Lochnane, uh, Jared Gordon, Shane Burgos. You know, a lot of good guys, for the most part, on his uh, loss, other than Dean Lavin back in the day. But, shout out to Dean Lavin. Love to know what's going on with him. I like Bill Algio Moneyline. This right. uh, this just seems like uh, I, I don't know. I just think he's gonna give he's gonna put a, a pace on Feely and kind of make him uncomfortable for large portions of this fight, and he'll be able to steal some rounds. I think Algio wins a decision, but I am going Algio money line. 
That was one of two wins for Mr. Dean Lavin in his career. Went two and six. Hasn't fought since 2014. Uh, so that's a bad loss for Bill. Not does not look good. So we are going Feely money line. <laughs> no, for, yeah, for uh, you, I, I personally am not. I let's see what's that. One thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Minus one thirty. All right. Well, somebody's always got to go in that one. Me or you. Yeah, well, at some point, well, it might be panic mode uh, by the time we get to that part of the card. So, how about <laughs> yeah, we go? We, how about we get us a nice win here, Alan Amandowski. All right, how about this guy, man? Alan Amandowski has not won since 2018 in Bellator when he knocked out Ibrahim Main Mane, <laughs> as you would uh, like to say, uh, on, in some parts of the world. He's not had a win against somebody that I've ever heard of, ever. He's lost to Christoph Jocko. He got knocked out by John Phillips in 14 seconds. <laughs> and he was rear naked choked in a minute by Joseph Holmes. Ugly boy. Now Joe, Ugly Fe- now Joe Pfeiffer is getting in there against him. Uh, a guy who has shown his worth. Joe body bags Pfeiffer, that is to you, Ty. He's shown his worth. Not only on the Contender Series, but CFFC, he kind of caught a unlucky uh, conclusion to his fight in the Contender Series against Dustin Stoltfoots, where his arm got bent and uh, kind of broken, dislocated, just real nasty sort of situation. But, you know, this guy, he's he finishes people, man. It's just that simple. His last, you know, few fights, he's never, he hasn't been in the decision since 2018, uh, it's been knockout, uh, not, you know, knockout, left hook, and the ground strikes, right hook, KO, 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 rear naked choke, sub, decision, KO, and then, you know, he was doing the same shit in the amateur scene. So it seems like he just finishes people, dude. And yeah, I'm going he goes for it. Joe Pfeiffer, and this might be my lock of the night, Joe Pfeiffer, TKO minus 140. There you have it. Um, yeah, I mean, Alan Amadovsky is bad. He's probably the worst fighter in the, in the in the UFC, at least on the male side. He's ranked dead last on the UFC rankings list for middleweights um, out of 65 ranked guys. Who do you got, him or Gilbert Urbina in the fight? Wow. I'd probably go Amadovsky. I think Gilbert Urbina is really bad. <laughs> Not to be confused with Ugith Urbina, who lit his yeah. landscaper on fire uh, once upon a time. I got, Urbina, I got that Urbina in a fight against Amadovsky for sure. Uh, Treshawn Gore or Alan Amadovsky? Treshawn Gore. Yeah, Alan Amadovsky's bad, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> he has he has zero grappling. He's more of a you know a striker. He, all he does is you know throw his hands, even though he's been knocked out by John Phillips. He has nine significant strikes landed in three fights in the UFC. That's insane. If I could put multiple units on this, I would. Like this is my nuclear. And shout out to my man uh, Tony Mons. This was his. Like lock of the week, he texted me about it. He was like, "Listen, I'm not, not only am I firing Miami money line, I'm firing Joe Pye for TKO." And I was like, "Listen, let me look into it." Oh, okay, that's right. I remember I talked about him fighting Amandowski. We on the on the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast fade Amandowski with all power, and we, I mean we'll put the nuclear codes behind a, a fade of uh, Amandowski. So absolutely, there we are. So you're are you uh, with are you riding with us? Yeah, I'm riding. I'm riding hard. I'm riding. I'm riding that shit all night. You know, I know how to ride it good. Um, all right, come on. I'm. I'm just saying. I. I I'm with you. Pfeiffer to the fucking bank. I, I do have worries about Pfeiffer though. I think. Uh, I think he was the underdog on that contender series fight, which 
you know, it's a bit, a bit concerning, but maybe that line was just off. He does have some, um, I mean, he lost to Jonathan Patty not too, too long ago. That's, uh, that's, not a good, that's not a good loss. I mean, that dude lost to Joseph Holmes. He lost to Jamie Pickett very, 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 very easily. Puna, Ryan Spann. Um, so, I mean, he, he's like a warm-up guy for guys in LFA and uh, the Texas regional scene. So, not good having Pfeiffer being his, like, only good win ever. So, uh, I don't I don't know if I value Pfeiffer that that much, but he's only 25, so uh, we'll see. Now, this is more of a anti-Amandowski bet. Uh, I mean, this more is than a warm-up for him, you know. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not all in on body bags by any means. It's just more the fact that, <laughs> I mean, I, I would, if you were fighting Amandowski this weekend, I'd really consider firing you because I think you know how to catch <laughs> his chin at least. If you catch Amandowski's chin, he's going to sleep. I'll try. Yeah, no, nah, I, I I don't know what the odds would be. I'd have to I'd have to take a look. So, to keep it moving, we have Tanner Boser versus Rod- Rodrigo Nascimento. Nascimento only has nine fights. Tanner Boser has nine fights that have or nine losses and draws combined. He's got twenty wins. So I mean, he has twenty nine professional fights. A lot more experience than Rodrigo. The odds would tell you uh, Nascimento is a plus 145, 150 underdog. Tanner Boser is a favorite with minus 200, 180, 175, 165. So kind of all over the place. Uh, what do you like in this one? Oh, man, this is this is kind of gross. I think Nascimento might be able to, you know, one takedown and this should be it. Um, but, I mean, if you see Nascimento in the UFC, he hasn't really looked good. I mean, Chris Dawkins got him out of there quick. That was quick. Um, he got outstruck by Alan Badeau. He almost got outstruck by Dante Mays. Uh, that's two, two yellowish red flags. Maybe I don't, I don't know what color you want to give though. Um, I think Bozer at least had some hype behind him. You know, when he knocked out Linz and Pazoa, um, I think he probably w- won that Latifi fight. I think he actually definitely, he got robbed of that fight. I believe. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, Bozer against Ilir Latifi. I think he definitely won that fight. He got he got the split loss, but either way, I mean, he's fought Arlovsky, fought Cyril. Hey, he fought Cyril Gon, went the distance yeah. to Cyril Gon, you know. Um, that was only a couple of years ago. I, I think this Nascimento dude has some real bad striking. Um, so I'm going to go Tanner Bozer, but I just, you know, part of me wants to, to go with Nascimento because I think he, he can get this sub kind of easily. If he, you know, he gets a trip or they just fall down. I think he, he can get him. He can get the rear naked choke kind of like he got on uh, Dante Mays or uh, that, that dude Martinek, whatever his name was, from the Contender Series. So I'm going to go Bozer. It just feels more safe, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go Bozer inside the distance. Uh, plus 130, I believe. I like the under here. You like the under? Is that, is that going to be your official uh, pick on this? Let's see what it is. Could be your could be our first under bet on here. Yeah, I like. Um, let me just take one more. Yeah, I like under one and a half here. Oh wow! At a uh, plus one hundred five. Plus one hundred five, you said. Yes, sir. How about that? All right, so lock it in. Uh, we got. I got poster inside the distance. He has under in this fight, which is our first under bet of the scheduled predictions. How about that? Now we got a nice, nice, nice uh, fight to open up the main card. A banger. One that should be on a pay-per-view. I'm just kidding. Uh, 
Anthony Hernandez, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez versus Mark Andre Barriot. Uh, he will be fighting this weekend. I know everyone loves Mark Andre Barriot. He is a fade, uh, f- a patron fade of the uh, Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. We got minus 210, 215 for Anthony Hernandez. Uh, Mark Andre Barriot is plus, one, plus 180, 170, 165. So I'll kick this one off. I like Hernandez. I mean, listen, you know, guys, you guys know where I stand here uh, a lot of the time. I like inside the distance. I don't know how he gets it done. I think he could sub him, but I also think he could just beat his brains in. And I'm going Hernandez inside the distance plus 175. All right. What about you? I, like um, I think I like Hernandez to get the sub. I think he's going to get a bunch of takedowns, and I think that should be enough. Uh, how many times has Barry Oak been taken down? If you look, you know, kind of Mark Andre Barry, I kind of like him. I think he kind of got a, you know, kind of got a raw deal when he first got in in the UFC. He had three close fights that didn't, none of them went his way. I think the Jocko fight could have went his way. Uh, I think he could, you know, if he didn't fuck up in the third, he could have beat Andrew Sanchez. Uh, and then he had a no contest in which he was winning against Pia Hota. But then he knocks out Abu Azatar and uh, beats the shit out of Dolce Lugiambula. And, you know, he then he gets Chidi and Drukhani. That's, you know, a, another tough matchup. Made quick work of your boy Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills Ninja, who had oh, a fight coming yeah. up against Dusko Tovadorovic. That's an underplay right there if Jesus. I've ever seen one. Yeah. Um, and he, he made quick work of him in the first guillotine. Usually, hey, Jordan Wright, he, he doesn't get finished that early, at least. Um, so I, I kind of like Barrio. I think he's tough. He's super durable. Uh, hits hard. Does really well in the clinch. But his cardio is very sus- suspect. Um, is he bigger than Hernandez? I imagine he has a – yeah. So they're kind of the same size. I-, I didn't think Fluffy looked great in his last fight against Josh Fremd. Um, but, you know, Fluffy took down Jun Young Park six times. And I believe Jun Young Park took down Mark andre Barrio five times. Uh, you know, MMA-, MMA math is not undefeated. But I definitely trust the wrestling – uh, game and the the takedown offense, uh, the aggressive takedown offense or uh, submission offense that Fluffy has. I trust that here. I'm going to take Fluffy by sub. That is plus two fifty. Yeah, I think uh, Fluffy definitely could have gotten the sub in the Josh Frem fight, but he just kind of kept, uh, if I remember correctly, like not taking his back. He was re- like going position over submission. And when we have an inside the distance or something like that, it's not exactly our favorite or, or a good, a good uh, play on stuff like that. You know, like it's just it, I was screaming at him. He could have easily taken his back. And then he took his back in the first round and never did it again when it was wide open for him. I think Josh Prem was giving him his back because he thought he was going to be able to get up easier that way. And it kind of just rewrote him out and was able to dominate a, a decision. I, I don't think uh, Barriot will be okay with that or – will just settle for something like that. I think he could get himself in trouble at a certain point during this fight, and I like that inside the distance. So you're going submission. Yep. I like that. And what is the number? 250. Wow. Shout out to Josh Friend. The Big Yins. The Big Yins. How about the Big Yins? Uh, so let's go back and let's check out the next fight, which is... Your boy. Our boy. Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini. Former CFFC featherweight champion of the world, fighting against Damon Jackson. Damon Action Jackson. Uh, wow, big shocker there. Anybody call him that? 
I mean, serious. I thought he was called the Leech. Uh, he was the Leech the other day when I checked on here, but now they have changed his name, so I don't know who's on this tapology. Pat Sabatini <clears throat> does not have a cool nickname. Nope. That's kind of boring. Uh, but we'll, we'll, he's we'll, also boring. Yeah, we, he is. A, he's a very boring fighter. Uh, was he able to get that heel hook on Jamal Emers? That's about the most exciting thing that's going on. Other than that, he is more of a <laughs> smothering, grappling kind of uh, guy. He, uh, for the most part, has been remained undefeated other than a freak arm injury in the James Gonzalez title fight in 2020. He's, listen, man, he's about, uh, he's a problem on the ground. He's a real big-time problem on the ground. He gives all these guys problems. Uh, smothering wrestling and doesn't allow anyone to get up. It's just, you know, once he gets you down and he doesn't quit, just a lot. I think this is a really good matchup for him. Uh, Damon Jackson kind of will play into this game, and he, you know, although is a great wrestler and great grappler, uh, as we saw in that uh, Argetta fight, he was in trouble. At, at, not in trouble, trouble, but he was bleeding, and he, he got taken down. He got taken down a few times, and he was just kind of gassed out, if I remember correctly. He was hurt, hurt his calf or something, was like injured or uh, at a certain point in that fight. So. Uh, I think this is going to be a, uh, a probably a decision, and I think the decision is probably the best bet here. Sabatini, uh, in, uh, Sabatini by decision is plus 130-120. I am not going to take that. I can't. I don't want to, and I'm not going to. So I'm going to take Sabatini inside the distance, plus 250. I have 275 written down. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go 275 because it's right in between these two. And there's not a lot offered here on these different websites. Uh, yeah. I did see 275 on Betway, which seems very uh, suspect. So, <laughs> Ty, what do you take here? Um, I think I got Sabatini to win this. It's gonna be close. Though. It's gonna be tough. He's he's much smaller. And I think I don't know about much. You know, I I don't know if Damon Jackson is much stronger, but I think the size advantage could could be a um, a thing to worry about early, but yeah, if it goes later, man, I, I definitely have issues with Damian Jackson's gas. I mean, seriously, that round three to Daniel Argetta, man, that's scary. That, that's tough. That's tough. I think Sabatini's more, more of position over submission. Also, I don't think Sabatini's gas tanks, right? He faded against Tristan Connolly in that third yeah. round. That's, that was a big red flag. I think the first round to TJ Laramie was, was up in the air. So, uh, you know, I like how he looked against Tucker Lutz, but, uh, and, and you know the heel hook of Jamal Embers. I don't, you know I don't think he's going to win that fight, but he pulled that off quick, quick and uh, and Embers tapped. So yeah, I mean I think both guys have kind of gotten a little bit of luck. You know, have caught a little bit of luck. They've they've been able to avoid. They're, they're both on like three plus win fight win streaks. Uh, Jackson, if it wasn't for the Taporia fight, would be on like a six fight win streak. Uh, but he had some he had some serious problems with Mirsad Bektich when they fought in his debut. So you know it seems like he's in trouble a lot more than. Than Sabatini is. I think Sabatini is smarter. I think he's probably he's younger. Uh, he's right in his prime. Slightly better gas tank. Um, that fight against uh, Tristan Connolly was a couple years ago, so I'll give him that. I got Sabatini money line. I think I'll parlay it maybe. Uh, what is it like two hundred though? I don't, I don't know if I love that line honestly. Minus two hundred. Yeah. So you want to go to two hundred on the uh, on the sheet? Yeah, put it on the sheet. Wow. It's a big number for you. You don't usually go that high. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing with that. I'm going to parlay it for sure. All right. Well, hey, man, a win's a win. That's a nice unit pickup if it's able to uh... – well, actually, you're risking two units to win the one, so that, that better go your way. So, 
That's a problem. So how about this? Lewis Koski, I believe is how you say this guy's name, uh, against Trevin Giles, one of our favorite. Trevin Giles, I know you love Trevin Giles. Uh, what do we have here? This is a Trevin Giles is the favorite in this one. Minus 210, 230. Koski is a plus 180. A lot is a plus 180 uh, underdog. I'm sorry, I messed that up. I like Giles here. Obviously, I think he's the favorite, and I, I, I like, I just, you know, that's just the, I mean, I, it just sounds stupid to say that because, of course, he's a minus 200. Of course, you like him, but I like him by decision, and I don't usually bet those, but I just think that Koski will be able to stay in this fight and stay alive in this fight, and Trevin Giles will fight a little bit hesitant or tentative, and I like decision plus 300 here. What about you? Um, this is a pretty gross fight. Uh, Koski hasn't fought in almost two years. He has a pretty shitty gas tank. Uh, last time we saw him, he got his brains battered in by Sasha Polotnikov, who is no longer in the UFC. Um, I like, I, I don't like Trevin Giles at all. He's lost two in a row by stoppage and they've gotten quicker and quicker. Uh, they were two good opponents, but I mean, it was pretty much quick work. He just kind of melted. Um, Koski goes for it. Uh, I, I guess I'll give him that. You know his fights don't go long at all. I don't think he's really been outside the first round in his career. Um, if I'm if I remember correctly, if I look at it, I think he's better than his brother. Uh, I don't think either of them are anything good yeah. besides the Palatnikov fight. It hasn't gone into the second round, let alone the third. And when we we saw what happened when he went in the third, so um, yeah, I mean maybe I'll live bet this. You know, if he goes past the first and Trevin Giles is still alive, but. I think Trevor Giles is a lot better than Victor Reyna, who took one left hook, and that was pretty much it for him in the Contender Series against Mr. Koski. Koshe, Koske. Um, you know, his name is not Sir Gregory McCowan. So I think Trevor Giles, whose topology picture is a selfie in his car, by the way. Trevor Giles is? No, no, Sir Gregory McCowan. Oh, I got to see yeah. this. Oh, my God, it yeah. is. That's wild. He has one professional fight. And that was it. Him getting knocked out in eight seconds by Lewis Koski, and he never fought again. <laughs> so, like I said, I you know, Trevor Giles is a bit different. I just think he's, you know, he's not a good stage of his career. You know, he's definitely unreliable. But this this Koski, I don't think he has a good future. I don't think he has a high ceiling, a light, high floor. You know, he's he's kind of just. I'll give you a quick fight. So maybe the under here, or maybe you just take Trevor Giles live after the first. Um, I'm staying away though. So you, oh wow! So you're sitting this one out. Sitting it out. How about it, man? That's a very rare occasion here on the Hot Take Hotbox Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. But guess what? I'm sitting this next one out. Luma Lubuname versus Denise Gomez. A 115 bout here. We got minus 200 for Luma Lubuname. Uh, minus 235 as high as, and we got plus 175, 180. For Denise Gomez, uh, do you have a play here? No, no, absolutely not. I think this Gomez chick's probably bigger. Um, she got taken down on the contender series by that Rayanne Amanda chick, who's not good. Um, I mean, she, she just hasn't fought anybody good. I think Luma Luke Bunami's fought pretty good competition. I mean, listen, she's tiny. She's like five foot, five foot one. Um, you know, resembles a twelve year old boy a little bit, but you know, she hey, she took uh, Luby down and she took Sampage down multiple times. Um, you know, went the distance with Angela Hill. Um, 
I think she her her one loss outside the UFC she got armbarred by Suwanen Bonsorn. Uh, Amp the Rocket is her nickname. So there you go. <laughs> um, Come whatever on, whatever that means. Yeah, I know. Right? What are we doing here? Denise Gomez. I just I I don't know much about her. I don't trust her. You know. I guess her contender series fight. She looked okay. She can hit. She can hit hard. Um, she has a couple finishes on her record. I think pretty much all of them are by finish. Um, but she has been finished herself. So I don't think she's like a top prospect or anything. Um, I think Luma's uh, Luma's kind of quick. I mean, she does a little bit with her striking. Mean, you know, listen, nothing much is going to happen in this fight. They're very low level. Um, the line might be off here, and this Gomez chick just comes out looking like a prospect and. You know, maybe she beats Luma easily and out wrestles her. I don't know, but uh, I think Luma wins, though. Yeah, I have a tough time believing that this Gomez girl is just going to come in here and work over Luma. But like you said, I, I just don't know much about Denise, and I don't like Luma's game. So it's just kind of very pedestrian. So it's just not something I'm willing to take a uh, chance on or take a gamble on. Uh, this is the place. Uh, quickly, I'd like to take a moment of silence. Uh, this is the part in the card where Aspen Lad was supposed to fight. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, Aspen Lad missed weight again. Uh, nothing new there. Uh, I mean, at some point you're gonna have to cut her, right? Yeah, cut her some slack. She's going through a lot. She's she's been in a couple tough fights. Her last fight with her fight with Norma Dumont was fight of the year. Um. Give her a break. Come on, man. Oh, I'm supposed to give her a break. <laughs> a Kit Kat break. I mean, listen, this girl, you know, canceled bout, canceled bout, canceled bout, canceled. Like, I mean, L, L, canceled bout, L, canceled bout. Like, W, W. Yeah, W, uh, L, W, Sajara <laughs> Eubanks, get worked over. Tanya Evinger, <laughs> you get ground and pounded. Lena Landsberg, get ground and pounded. <laughs> Enough's enough. Uh, but let's just keep it moving. We're not going to waste time on somebody who can never make weight. Trey Ogden. You love Trey Ogden. Uh, the samurai <laughs> ghost, who some people uh, like to call him. He's fighting Daniel Zellhuber. I believe that's how you say that gentleman's name. He is a Mexican, Amer- or not, not American, but he's a Mexican fighter. What is he, what is his nickname? Golden, Golden Boy. Wow. How about Golden Boy? So how about we go Daniel Zellhuber inside the distance plus 110. That's yeah, my that's pick. Uh, Trey Ogden, no thanks, basically, is what this comes down to. Uh, didn't like the loss to Jordan uh, Levitt. Uh, J.J. Unkovich, uh, O'Konovich did not do much for me. Cody Carrillo, uh, Brad. Cody Gert- Carrillo, by the way, is like 40, 40 years old. 15, 15 and, and 18. 18. And he got up multiple times after Trey Ogden took him down. Just saying. He was born in 1982 <laughs> from Parsons, Kansas. <laughs> the main event on that card that Trey Ogden fought him on was Kevin Kroom getting a five-round decision over Anderson Hutchinson. Uh, I, re- I remember Anderson Hutchinson. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, before Trey Ogden got in the ring, the crowd was buzzing after David Onama knocked out Sam, Sam Agushi. The crowd actually probably was buzzing after after he knocked him out. That was probably. I mean, wild. He, probably, he probably sent him to the fucking. He probably yeah. He probably sent him back to fucking uh, Costco or wherever he's working now, dude. That 
That's crazy, but Edge Fitness or something. Yeah, you're better. Know. Honestly, true. I make those jokes, but you're better off working at a place like that than getting your brain scrambled in a cage somewhere for fucking less than a thousand dollars, probably. Yeah, uh, this Trey Ogden dude stinks. I mean, he fought Thomas Gifford. You remember Thomas Gifford, right? Yeah. Your boy Tom. You said the young lion was winning a belt. I remember you said that uh, be- before he fought Roosevelt Roberts and got you know smothered, and then he fought the Mike young Davis. Lion. Got- you imagine like we would? I'd cancel this podcast if I said something like that. <laughs> he just took an L to Cliff Wright at Pyramid Fights 15. He can't even get right. He hasn't fought since then. Um, he, Cliff, yeah, by the Davis. way, real quick, Cliff Wright was 11 and 12. <laughs> Cliff Wright knocked him out in, a, in, a, in 33 seconds. He looks like a savage. He's born in 1979. The Goblin. Christ, the Goblin. <laughs> oh, 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 oh he's my God. He's getting, he's getting absolutely torched. In his last fight. Jason Knight. Brock Weaver. Bare knuckle boxing. (laughs) Game bread fighting championships, dude. Brian Foster. His last win. That's crazy. His last last win's Thomas Gifford. (laughs) How old is he if he was born in... He lost Auburn Austin Hubbard. He fought Eric Wisely. Holy shit, dude. He's at least 42, 43. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> Thomas Gifford stinks. And he, and Trey Ogden, both times he fought him, took him down and took him down into a, uh, I think, guillotine loss. He got guillotined by him around the same time of the fight both times. That is just, you can't fix stupid, you know? Yeah. Daniel Zellhuber, I'll tell you about this kid. He's the real deal. Uh, he's only 23. Uh, I, I went back and watched his combate fights. And listen, man, there's nothing worse than going back and watching a nice young prospect on combate, and you have to hear Juliana Pena commentate the whole oh, fight. It, there's nothing worse. I couldn't tell you anything worse. Um, shout out to ZipRecruiter. Yeah, how many ZipRecruiter ads does she have to do during the fight, during the uh, Ultimate Fighter series? But I'm sorry, God. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's unbearable. But um, <laughs> this this kid Zellhuber is really good. He gets better every fight. Uh, I watch him go through. Uh, this dude, Salvador Izal, uh, and he just took care of him in the second round. His next fight, he fought some dude who was pretty good. Um, he fought a bunch of, like, prospects in Combate. I'll say that. Um, that. That's the one thing Combate has done now. They find young kids and match them up at young ages. Um, that sounded a little weird. But he got him out of there in the third round, and then he, he you know, has a calf slicer victory. Uh, he, he throws question mark kicks very well. Um, he does a lot of things really well. And he's went. He went the distance with Lucas Almeida. I mean, that's. I mean, look what he did to Mike Trezano. You know, Lucas Almeida had him in serious trouble in that first round, and Zell Huber bounced back. He's really young. He's just. He, he's still learning. You know, um, he's going to have some hiccups along the way. But I have. I have a lot of faith in this kid. He's a big lightweight, seventy-seven inch reach, good boxing, good jujitsu. He's got to work on his defense a little bit, um, but you know, sometimes he throws kicks against the cage, which you know that's only going to get you taken down. Um, I think he's better than Trey Ogden is not good. I think he, you know, he, I don't know if he, how he finishes him. I think plus 900 submission could be a decent little play there. Honestly, he has a couple victories by submission and he has some, um, acrobatic submissions, but I think he's getting him out of there quick. Yeah, I think so too. I just don't, um, I just say, I, I, I liked what he saw. I saw in that Lucas Almeida fight and I just don't, this is more of a Trey Ogden didn't do much for me in that Jordan Levitt fight at all. I mean, it was a, clo- it was a close fight. one, but it's more like I 
I don't know. I, I like Jordan Levitt, but it just he's very limited in his skill set. I mean, he was out jabbing Trey, Trey Ogden at, at distance. Yeah. What the fuck is this kid going to do? You that, know? That's exactly kind of the mentality I have. So give me Zell Huber inside the distance. Do you like that as well? Yep. All right. So the next one is Maria Agapova versus Jillian Robertson. Uh, Jillian Robertson, a favorite here on the podcast. She's a minus 150 favorite. Agapova is a plus 120 underdog. I'll let you lead this one off. I know you're a huge Agapova fan. <laughs> yeah, Maria Agapova, as she has gone by before. She seems like a little um, unstable. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll just say that. She seems pretty pretty out of it. Uh, Jillian Robertson, I love the Savage. She's only 27, which is terrifying. Feels like like she's she's been, like, we kind of talk about this every time. She feels like she's been in the game forever just because how yeah, long she's been in the game. She also fights like every other week, it seems like. We're like, oh, she's back. Uh, I won money on J.J. Aldridge when they fight when they fought because I knew J.J. Aldridge could just keep it standing. And basically, if you, uh, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was Eddie Alvarez on uh, the um, the uh, Ultimate Fighter. He said, "If Jillian doesn't get a takedown, she's going to quit." So <laughs> brutal, but very accurate. Um, you know, as as you can see by her ten and seven record. Um, I mean, if Gabova gets on her back, she's fucked. This fight's probably over. Uh, Jillian doesn't have much in her arsenal. She's kind of, you know, single leg or nothing. Um, you know, and even on the feet, she'll just throw random nonsense. Um, but I think, I think she's going to be able to do it. I mean, remember she got that rear naked choke on Priscilla. That was, that was, I mean, she got, she got that thing right off before the buzzer. Um, who else? Same thing with Courtney Casey got her in the rear naked choke. Uh, my girl, Veronica Macedo. Uh, your girl Sarah Froda, she finished her from out. She she gets on top of you, man. You're not really going anywhere. I mean, remember she fucked up Molly McCann. Um, so if it stays standing, I guess it could turn out how the Macy Barber fight turned out. You know, I just don't think Agapova is really good. I mean, she has a shit gas tank. She's very unpredictable. You know. Yeah. Um, I guess she's young. The Demon Slayer didn't know that was her nickname. Um, Sick nickname. But, that is pretty sick, but she doesn't slay anybody. I mean, Shanna Dobson smoked her. Marina Moroz went through her like butter. So I think Jillian Robertson, Jillian Robertson goes out here. It might she might get take a couple shots, but I think she's gonna get that single leg. She's gonna dump her, trip her, and she's gonna get that plus one fifty submission. So you're writing that down, huh? That's a lock. Wow. All right. Robertson submission plus one fifty. I'm going money line minus one forty. Because I could see her kind of just riding it out. And Agapo, uh, uh, Agapova, as you said, some people have called her. Or she's gone by in the past. I just see... It, it, I, I don't like the... Uh, I, I never like betting uh, inside the distance or something like that with some of these women's uh, fights. So I am going to go Robertson, Moneyline, minus 140. How about this? Tony Gravely, a favorite here on the podcast against Javid Basharat. Javid? Javid? Could be Javid. Basharat. I, we uh, we kind of talked about it the other day because his brother was fighting on Contender Series. Contender Series, uh, his brother was able to get a contract, won a decision correctly, right? Or correctly, yeah. correct? Yeah. Um, uh, Yanni the Greek had it going under, and as soon as I saw that, I'm like, yep, this fight's going the distance. Hell yeah. Snow did. Leopard. That's a sick, sick, sick nickname. We might have to have a whole podcast on nicknames. 
I don't know what uh, nicknames would be on there necessarily. Brandon Let's Go Lewis, obviously, like we talked about the other day. Elite nickname. <laughs> uh, the Demon Slayer could be on there. The Demon Slayer. Uh, I mean, Snow Leopard is definitely on there. Uh, what about uh, um? <laughs> what about your boy um, Pleasure Man? <laughs> Pleasure Man's wild. <laughs> Mister Finland. That's a good one. That's an uh, absolute elite name. Uh, the preacher's daughter. That, that's a br- brutal one. The predator. I like. Uh, these There's are all, they're on the side right here. Like uh, the spider. Anderson the spider Silva is sick. Yeah, that's there's a bunch sick. of snipers, but I think Imavov being the Russian sniper, even though he claims France, is kind of fucking sick. Yeah. El Pantera. La Pantera. La Pantera. You can go. You can go L or La. I think uh, there's Yair's one, and then Shevchenko's the other. That's right. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, you know, rule. There's no rules in this game. There is no rules. Uh, so we will do that. Uh, that's. I just decided that on the spot. But how about this? We got Gravely is a 30 fight veteran in the in the uh, game. Uh, in general, he just he's coming off of a historic victory over Johnny Munoz Jr. And who could forget his knockout of Anthony Burkcheck. Uh yeah, and Salmon <laughs> Simon Oliveira. Uh that that Turned was down all, eleven times. Those were all yeah, he's he's that's what he's gonna go for here, but do you think he'll be able to do that against Basharat? I think he might. Honestly, I think he might be able to chain his wrestling together. Um I like Basharat. Gravely's definitely shorter, but I think they have a similar reach. Um you know Gravely's like four five four or five five. Um yeah, Bashar, I got it done against Trevin Jones, but I don't. I don't think the world Trevin Jones. He had a little bit of hype going in that fight, and that died out quick. Um, especially, you know, with the stylistic matchup. And then he ran through that guy in the Contender Series. That dude stunk. Oron yeah. or, or Cologne or whatever. His name yeah, he was is. not good. Yeah, he stunk. Um, I think Gravely. You know, he's been in there with some guys. He's taken down pretty much. I know he fought um, when he fought Brett Johns. He lost. He got rear naked choked in the end, but he had five takedowns himself. He had seven against Defritas, four against Burchek, eleven against Oliver. I think he's going to get his takedowns. Knocked out Draco. Um, yeah, big Draco, King Draco. Uh, the Nate Maness fight, he should have won, but you know, wait, the great Dracolini. <laughs> is that is, is that, that is new? That can't be. No, that's not real, is it? That's what it says on here. <laughs> his, oh. his nickname is the Great Dracolini. Why isn't he in the UFC? Is this who's this Ray Rodriguez? No, this is Draco Rodriguez. Oh, well, it was his name is Ray. I thought the great Drake. No. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be edited by somebody. It might have been me. Um, he's a boxer now. Funny fun fact. Who the Dracolini? Big <laughs> Big Draco. He is. Uh, he's turned pro in boxing and he's won. So, um, we've gone off the rails <laughs> here. I can't believe that's his nickname. I can't believe it. That's going like, to win against Chris Moutinho. Yeah, who doesn't? Um, Jesus. Yeah, I think I think he's going to get these takedowns. Gravely is, you know. Uh, I don't know if I trust. I, I like Basharat on if it, if it stays standing. Um, uh, Gravely gets six and a half takedowns per fifteen minutes. That's ridiculous. I think he's going to get the takedown. I think he's going to win the rounds. Win win minutes in the rounds. Uh, Javid Basharat was only born one week. After I was, shout out to Javid Bashrat being a Virgo. Um, but he's super young still, both of them. I think the brothers are going to be good. I think they're going to be better than the Diaz's, which is not hard to do. But 
Whoa. Um, you know, I think the Basharat brothers will take over. These are no, uh, I don't know, who else do you have that's a set of brothers? Oh, you the have Koskis. Really yeah, you have the Koskis. I mean, they're already better than them. Um, right. So, yeah, I, give, me, give me Tony Gravely in the upset here. I think plus 139, I'd like his money line there. Wow. So, Gravely, money line, plus 139. I'll give you 140. How about that? Boom. Make it a nice round. I'll have to pay for that, but I'll take it. Nah, gravely money line plus one forty, and now we got one more on the on the board here. We have Cameron Van Camp, your one of your favorites, versus Nicholas Mota or Mata, however you would like to say it, who always pops up because he knocked Joe Selecki into the shadow realm back in the old days. But uh, he's coming off of a getting knocked into the shadow realm by Jim Miller. Uh, which was not a good look, but uh, he's coming back to make another UFC uh, appearance. Cameron Van Camp did not uh, exactly look great in his UFC debut, where he was also sent to the shadow realm by Andre Filajo, but Filajo was putting everyone down at that point. Uh, What do you like here? I like uh, Moda inside the distance plus one. 120, and I like Basharat inside the distance, plus 140 as well, for the record. Um, yeah, Van Camp, before he got knocked out, he did have Fialo hurt. Um, I'll give him that. He uh, he goes for it. He goes for subs. He goes for finishes. Van Camp does, but his defense is a goddamn mess. Um, it's bad. I mean, he like throws his hands in front of you. It's not good. To block shot. Yeah, it's, he's a lot bigger than Moda, Mata. Um, I, I, I love the under in this one. Under one and a half is plus one ten. Uh, I like that a lot. I don't you know, Van Camp fights don't go long. Mata fights, a lot of them haven't gone long. So give me the under one and a half here. I'm gonna pick Mata by knockout, but I think there's a world where he could get knocked out or subbed. So Well, if you think safe. about it though, Van Camp did fight that at one seventy on short notice. So him making a quick turnaround here, or not a quick turnaround, but a uh, like getting a full camp and being able to cut weight properly in this one could kind of play uh, play a factor. I don't know. I just yeah. I, I'm just not uh, not getting behind a guy who's lost to Bobby Volker and uh, Austin Hubbard and you know. All I mean, this. listen, I was there in attendance when Nicholas Mata put Cesar Balmaceda into the fucking. He put him to sleep for like an hour. Okay, <laughs> I'm. I was there. I saw it. They brought the stretcher out afterwards. The Balmaceda family was walking by us, and they were distraught. It was a rough night. It was, it was a, the Balmacedas were not happy. He was dead. I think he might still be dead. Rest in peace. So I've seen what Nicholas Mata can do. Um, we also saw Chris Dawkins get it done that night against Washington boy, Township. Right? Danny Holmes. Danny Holmes. Um, anybody else Santo Curatolo fought that night. Yeah, he uh, he had a lot of he had a lot of the cousins in the building. He got it. He he made Mister uh, Elgun quick work. Let's see what Curitalo is up ne- up to now. Six and three. Yeah, not 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 much. Not uh, much. Just just got knocked out in uh, CFFC by Lloyd McKinney. Yep, Clayton Rodriguez, uh, Alberto Trujillo. These are not good. Uh, he was the a best main one. Event probably James point. Gonzalez. He's in Bellator now. The Alley Cat. James Gonzalez is the one who beat Pat Sabatini. Yep. So he was there. I saw him win the fight that night. Um, he also lost to Bill Algio and Mike Trezano. So twice, Mike Trezano twice. Um, so shout out to him. Get fighting everybody. 
The alley everybody. cat. Yeah. Don't fuck with him. Um, yeah, give me Mo- give me Mata here. Mata inside the distance. Yep. Or do you want the KO? Give me them inside the distance. All right, I like that. Mota inside the distance plus 120. The under is my pick, though. You want to write that down on the sheet? Yeah, yeah, sheet that. Sheet. Do you want to sheet the inside the distance, or do you want to sheet the uh, under? Give me the under. Just give me the under. All right, Mota under yeah, one and a like half. That. What's I got up? a nice little... A nice little uh, Tesla parlay here, though, for you. What's the number wanna there? It? I want to hear the uh, over oh, under one and a half is plus, plus one ten. Yeah, one ten. I'll yeah. give you a plus one ten. All right, I'm in serious trouble here. You're buying me a lot of points here with the bookies. I don't know. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, I talked to them. Cheedy inside the distance. Zell Huber inside the distance. Robertson sub. Fluffy sub. Under in the Mata Van Camp fight. Fifty to win. Fifty two hundred. All right, I got that, them. That, I got them that, written down. That's got to be a lock. I like, uh, yeah, I like the Chitty inside the distance. Uh, I like the Hernandez inside the distance, and I really like Zellhuber inside the distance. Easy money. Yeah, those are all the ones I, I really do like today on this uh, card. Other than that, it's kind of just got to do what you got to do. I think Sabatini wins. I just don't know how. You know, there's a lot. A lot of the other ones, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to say, that's a lock. And then it's like the guy's just going to get grinded out. Of course, he could get grinded yeah, out, grind. but that's just what. Uh, grind on him. So how about uh, how about we keep it moving? How about we get to the Canelo and we get to the Gennady, Gennadyevich Golovkin fight that is happening Great. this weekend. Triple G, A-K-A, triple. Uh, that's, it's one of my favorite uh, intros, but Triple G's 40 years old now. Canelo, much younger uh, man. Last time they fought was what, twenty nineteen? It's been a minute. It's been um, a minute. The first fight was after the McGregor Mayweather fight, if you remember that, back in twenty seventeen, around my birthday, I think. Yeah. And then they fought about a year later, and almost a year later to the to the date exactly. And uh, I thought Canelo won the second fight. I thought he should have got every card. I know it was a majority. 2018. Majority. Yeah, majority yeah. decision. I thought he lost the first one and won the second one. That's I what have, I think. Yeah, I think the first – I think originally I had the first two as both draws. They were they were both close. I think the first one was might have been Triple G. Uh, that's how pretty much uh, you know most people had it. I see some people who said they had Triple G win in the second one. I think they were just – I don't think they really watched that. Uh, Canelo really, really made a lot of differences, a lot of um, changes. He He – became the Mexican brawler that his fans wanted him to be. He used to be the counter puncher and sit on the ropes, this and that, throw jabs, slip punches, but he stood there and he didn't move. He told Gennady he was, you know, he wasn't backing away this fight and he won the decision, I thought. And then, you know, from there, their careers went into different, different, different ways. He fought Rocky Fielding, uh, kind of a joke, but it was at MSG. Fought Daniel Jacobs, got it done, knocked out Kovalev, moving up to 175. That was crazy. Insane. He's probably losing that fight, and Kovalev was. He was. He, he, he wasn't um, washed, but he was. He was getting there. He was on the and way out. One, yeah. Yeah. He was on the way out. He knocked him out bad, bad. Horrific. Um, then Can- yeah. Then Canelo fights Callum Smith, who, by the way, is a fucking problem at 175. Uh, you know, he beat the shit out of Matthew Baderleek, who was supposed to at least give him some kind of a tough fight. Um, and he just dom- he dominated him easily. Easily. Uh, then he fought Avni Yildirim, your boy. That was kind of another tune-up fight. 
Um, and then he reti- pretty much retired Billy Joe Saunders. I, he hasn't fought since. I don't think he's done anything. He broke his um, orbital. Yeah, he literally has not even – we haven't even had word of what's going on with him. Then he smoked Caleb Plant, and then he moved up to fight Bivol. That shouldn't have happened, um, you know. But he needed to take a loss. He needed to take a step back and realize he's not indestructible. Um, meanwhile, Triple G since the last fight, he's only fought four times. Um, Steve Rolls, easy win. The Sergey Derevin Yanchenko fight that was, was close. He took a lot. I think he ate like two hundred shots. I think that fight changed him. I think that fight because he took a year off after that, and then after he fought Camille Zirometa, he took two years off. Um, and that dude, that was a very easy fight for him to win. And then he fought Ryota Murado in a close, close fight, but he ended up getting the best of him in the ninth round. I I don't know, man. I think he's he's pretty much cooked. Uh, he might not show it. He might not look it. He definitely still has power. Um, I don't I don't see how he gets this gets the, gets the job done here. I think that Derev Yanchenko fight really changed him. Really did a lot to him. He doesn't pressure nearly as much. He takes a lot of shots now. His defense is shot. His slow. Chin's gonna, his chin's going to be shot soon. He's slow. Still uh, powerful, still, but really slow. Yeah, I mean, hey, power's the last thing to go, but Canelo, Santos, Saul Alvarez, Baragón, 32 years old. Um, I think he's probably on all of the dietary supplements that you're allowed to take, of course. Um, he wants to move up to fight Makabu. That dude at cruiserweight, which I think would have been a better move than Bivol, to be honest. Um, I think he gets it done here. I, I don't know if he stops him per se, you know, but I think he might. I know people will look at the last Canelo fight and they'll be like, "Wow, yeah, like Bivol did beat the fucking brakes off him. Like that was that was shocking." But also, like you mentioned, that he was going up in weight and fighting a guy that was much, much, much bigger than him. Dimitri Bivol might have the best jab in boxing. He is a fucking problem. So if anybody has anything to say about Canelo fighting him, one, they're idiots, because nobody would move up that that far to fight somebody that good. I mean, seriously. Um, other than other than Mikey Garcia, he's the only one who would do that, and he loses every time. So, you know, it, it wasn't close, but nobody, ex- I don't think, you know, real boxing heads really expected it to be close, so... We talked about it, you know, like that's uh, it's what we want from all these other boxers who are scared to fight each other. Uh, not, not that I don't like using this as like a thing, but, you know, like the Terrence Crawfords and the, you know, Errol Spence who will talk about fighting each other for years and years. And by the time the fight happens, no one wants to see it. At least Canelo's is like, nah, I'll fight him now. I'll fight him right now. I'll go up this much. I'll do this. Like, uh, I respect it so much. Like, I think you said... Gennady is just so much older now. He like I watched that uh, Murata fight. I think I watched it last night uh, on YouTube, and it was just like I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, like I, I I remember hearing about it, but I didn't really watch it at the time. He's just like he's a shell of himself. I, I hate saying that shit, but it really it's the truth. Because Gennady a couple years ago was like a, he was durable. He was quick. He was powerful. His jab like. His jab was so crisp and so powerful. It's just now he just takes too many shots. He gets he gets hit hard, and at, like you said, at some point his brain and his body's going to give out on him. And I think tomorrow night could be the night. Yeah, I mean you're playing with fire. This isn't Steve Rolls anymore that you can just get an easy win. Uh, and Canelo's also, pissed. Sorry. He, yeah, 
they still hate each other. I mean, at first, I remember before they fought the first time, they had that sparring match, the, the light training session, and they were joking with each other and friendly. But then after the first one, um, I think it was when Triple G said he is the Mexican-style brawler. He has the Mexican fans, and that pissed Canelo off. And that's what led to him making adjustments in his fight game that led to him standing in the ring and, and not moving, you know, planting his feet in the ground and, and just firing back bombs. And, you know, they still they still don't like each other. But after this fight, when Triple G needs the smelling salts, oh I think uh, the trilogy and the beef will, will be laid to rest, as will Triple G. Also, ah. not to cut you off, but Crawford and Spence, November 19th, bring it on. It is happening. I had it first. I called this a while ago. Not to toot my own horn. I have some sources in the game. Just saying. Um, it still needs to be signed, which is, you know, we're not there yet, but we're at the three-yard line. Hopefully, Russell Wilson is not our quarterback. Yeah, and uh, the odds will tell you, though, that Errol Spence is an underdog in that fight, but not uh, by much. Plus 100, 105, Terrence Crawford minus 130, minus 120. That's about as good as it gets for boxing, dude. Like, that's... One of the best fights in recent memory. They're both still in their primes. I know they might be getting close to the you know end of their prime, but we're catching them right in their prime. I think it would have been like Pacquiao Mayweather, but four three years earlier. Yeah, uh, the, it won't have that sort of hype behind it just due to the name recognition that those two had as opposed to these guys, but it's going to be awesome. Uh, I, I, we, I, to, I told you, like that's, the one, that's another one where I told you the Canelo and Triple G is my favorite in recent memory. Of non heavyweight guys, this could be this could easily supplant that at, at the top. This this is just that's what it's it's what I want to see. Uh, did you see Joshua and Fury might fight each other? Yeah, I mean, what a yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. But also, we might get Ruiz and Wilder. There's a lot going on. Honestly, I'm down to watch any of the heavyweight boxers fight each other as long as they fight each other. I'll see. I'll watch Usyk fight Andy Ruiz. I'll fight Luis or I'll watch whatever. I mean, Usyk broke his hand, so he's got some time to recover. Is Vasily fighting? Who Lomachenko? Yeah, I believe Jermaine J- J- Jermaine Ortiz. Yeah, yeah that just that's a waste now. of time, right? Yeah. Um, let me look up Ortiz because I thought Ortiz had just fought recently. The technician, right? I think so. Yeah, he's he's super young. He beat Jamel Herring, um, and he went to a draw with Joseph Adorno. Two good fighters, but I don't I don't know if he, I I don't know how he beats Lomachenko. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't know really how any anybody beats. Lomachenko. This Canelo card though is gonna be really good. It's um, what is it? The Zone pay per view. Yeah. Saturday. Night. In the co-main, Jesse Bam Bam Rodriguez, one of my favorite favorite boxers, favorite prospects. He's only twenty two, fighting Israel Gonzalez. He's coming off of a knockout win against Srisakat Sorung Visai, who um, came off. Uh, he's very known for a couple of wins over Chocolatito, who was pretty much unstoppable for like ten years. Uh, 115, the super flyweight belt was on the line. I am a big fan of Bam Bam. Uh, you'll have to tune in for this fight as well. Before that, we have Austin Williams, your boy, the guy that looks just like Kevin Holland. He is fighting Kieran Conway for the 160 international middleweight belt. That'll be a good fight. There's a lot of prospects on this card. Uh, Diego Pacheco at 168. Ali Akhmedov at 168 is fighting Gabe Rosado. Still around. Um, <laughs> 26 and 15, my boy Gabe Rosado has taken some damage. Um, Shane Mosley Jr., Jaime Munguia, Daniel Jacobs, Willie Monroe, Peter Quillen, Triple G. Peter Quillen? Yeah, no, not Peter Quillen, but he'd probably fight him too if if, if there was some money on the line. So pretty good card, honestly. Um, 
which boxing's been putting putting good cards together. Mark Castro, a top prospect, fighting out of Fresno. He's like 22, 23. He's going to be on this card as well. Um, the one thing about Canelo and Mayweather and some of those top guys, you're going to see some pretty decent prospects on the undercard. Yeah. So make sure you tune in for that. Pacheco and Colazzo, I really like that one. Um, let's see what the – I wonder what the odds are. I think I had the odds bring them up. Yeah, so – Canelo minus five fifty. I mean, I'm I'm kind of surprised it's not higher. I don't know about you. Yeah, I just think it's the respect factor to Triple G, and just you know, you, you don't know. Uh, I I like I really do like Canelo plus one fifty uh, inside the distance, basically. Wow. Uh, I I just think I think he definitely could stop him later on in this fight. Uh, I don't know the over. There is like really no like real over under, but. Over eight and a half rounds, something like that. Nine and a half is minus two eighty. It's t- like I don't know. They they think this fight goes to the cards. I definitely could see that. I just think at some point you're trying to have some fun here. You want to make some money. You're trying to bet something that you think might happen. Uh, I personally am going to be rooting for Triple G. I've always loved Triple G, but I know he's cooked. So if I'm using my head, I'm betting Canelo inside the distance. If I'm betting with my heart. Betting Gennady money line, and I'm firing away, and I'm rooting hard. So that's 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 my um, thoughts. Some Canelo fun facts. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like him, and they'll definitely not put him in the goat conversation. But he'll he'll be there. Sixty one fights, huh? One hundred percent, he will be up there. I'm glad you agree because there's a lot of people who have given me some feedback that they think no, no, no chance, no shot. Remember, he's only thirty two which I say only, but I feel like I've been watching him fight since he was 23 when he fought Floyd. Um, 61 fights, most of any active fighter. 448, it's the most rounds of any active fighter. 220 more than Triple G, who he's eight years younger than. Tied with Nonino Donaire for the most champions fought at 19, which is insane. Five fights in his last 16 months. 52% of his life has been spent as a professional boxer. How about that? More man? than half. More than half of his life. He intends to retire at the age of twenty or 37, I mean. so Five more years? That's five. 10, 15 more fights? I mean, he's, what is he, 57, 2 and 2? I mean, that's insane. We're going to be looking at a guy who, we don't look, who has a similar record and will have similar accomplishments and achievements that many fighters in the 70s, 80s, 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, did. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fights. You don't see that anymore, and a no, lot of old heads right. will say, you know, back in my day, Jack Dempsey used to fight with a broken hip, and then the next week he would go out and deliver milk, and then the next week he'd fight again. Like, okay, I get it. You know, guys back then were were so tough. It's a different age, and to see somebody like Canelo, who's probably the biggest star in boxing and has been for quite some time, do that consistently is very impressive. I don't think he gets enough credit from anybody, the media, um, you know, boxing heads. Uh, my boy Dan Kenobi, Dan Kenobio, who has a uh, boxing podcast, one of the best ones, him and Chris Algieri, former boxer at welterweight, um, they work for John Boy Sports, uh, whatever yeah. the fuck that is. Um, they have a great boxing podcast. I forget what the fuck it's called, but if you just search his name up, you'll find it. I think it's Boxing Live or something. Um, he gives them a lot of respect. He talks about this a lot, all the time, but I don't think many other people give Canelo the respect that he has deserved, probably because he's been, he's been caught with some Mexican meat, some other supplements, but... Um, one of the best in boxing, and I think, like you also agreed with, will be one of the best ever. I think there's really no uh, conversation there. It's not like you can argue that some guys are better, but to say he's not in that conversation or not worthy of being on that level is just 
uh, stupidity, in my opinion. Like, yeah. just labeled his accomplishments, labeled the fact that if people are going to hold it against him that he fought Canelo or fought uh, Floyd, I meant, when he was, you know what, 21, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. Hey, and he, won a, he, he won a couple rounds in that fight, according to some people. Exactly. You know, uh, CJ Ross. And if that fight had happened five years later, who knows what yeah, would have happened. Yeah, we know what right? happens. Yeah, so I think... Uh, I think he deserves his credit, and I think he might uh, get his uh, flowers, although they'll say he was a, an old man that just kind of needs to put this trilogy to bed and maybe yeah. put Mr. Mr. Triple G to bed. And uh, like yeah. you said, maybe maybe it. use the smelling salts to wake him up. <laughs> so He's going to tuck him in. Um, I'm adding Canelo uh, inside the distance to my list. Boom. I might, ha- I might have to join the wave. Or put him in the big parlay. I'm gonna have a big parlay this week, like a ten leg guy, like you know something. But I'm rooting for Triple G, so that that that's the tough part about this. But got it. We got to use our heads here. Yep. Um, anything else you got here? Nah, that's it for me. Uh, I guess we'll get out of here. Uh, let the people listen to this and enjoy it. Uh, you've already listened to it and enjoy it if you're at this point. But uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening uh, with us and hanging out. Uh, we'll be back on Monday or Tuesday of next week to talk about all of this uh, UFC. We will talk Have about some news. The, yeah. a news dump. I need the. Yeah, to we haven't had a news dump. We got a Canelo uh, Triple G discussion to have. We'll and, have some reactions. That'll be that'll be the fun part. Oh yeah, and then uh, next week is a UFC fight card that is not exactly that great, right? Or do we not? I have think a, we have time off. No, we do Don't not have weeks. a card next week. Yeah, wow. Two weeks off until the Dern fight, I think. Yeah, the next big uh, fight on here is Benson Henderson and Peter Quelly. Oh, my God. Like wow. you, said, you went through Coming that Bellator card. That's awful. From Dublin. Uh, I'm sure the people will be losing their minds again. I'll uh, be there. Jan Zelnan. That's a hard – all right, so we're not even going to waste our time <laughs> talking about that. Uh, we'll get there when we get there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you all next week. Go Birds.